Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. All right, welcome everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, June 15th, 2010. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is revolutionbroadcasting.com. And uh, I'd like to give the call-in number for this show. Anyone who wants to call in and talk about anything that they'd like, there are no taboo topics on this show. Uh, You could talk about anything. You could bring up the oil spill. You could talk about mind control, which is going to be a topic that I'm going to attempt to get into this evening. Um, Anything you want, no taboo topics. Call in, hold on the line. I will get to to your call as soon as I see it on the switchboard. So the call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. When you call, you have to punch in the call ID number for this show. The call ID number is 83515. Once again, the call ID number is 83515. So hopefully we'll get a few callers tonight. And uh, I'll go right into the event announcements for the Philadelphia area, and then we'll get into the topics for tonight. Uh, before we do that, um, I'd like to just tell everyone uh, you, you may hear a, a, a mild amount of background noise. Um, I have a, a central air conditioning unit in my home, and that is on. Uh, it's the first time it's uh, ha- needed to be on during one of the shows, so I have that running. Uh, hopefully that won't create too much of a disturbance in the background um, uh, during the show tonight. If it does, um, would someone please 
be so kind as to call in and just let me know if that's uh, disturbing or if it's, uh, you know, uh, too much to, to tolerate, and I could uh, basically uh, turn that off so it doesn't uh, create any further disturbance. But uh, I don't think it's going to be too bad. It looks like my levels look pretty good. So um, event announcements. Uh, these are in the Philadelphia area upcoming. Uh, I have three event announcements. Uh, the two that I've been reading are the, the uh, documentary showing and discussion for Generation RX and uh, the Nikola Tesla uh, Energy Independence Celebration. So the first one is uh, June 21st. That's a Monday evening at 7 p.m. at the Ethical Society Building. That's at 1906 South Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. The, the activist group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is hosting their monthly free documentary showing and discussion night at the Ethical Society. And this month they are showing Generation RX about the dangers of the pharmaceutical cartels, particularly when it comes to the health and well-being of the young. So... Um, Parents who are health conscious and also liberty conscious should try to make it out to the Ethical Society on June 21st, 7 o'clock p.m. sharp, and there will be a discussion following the showing of Generation RX. For more information on this meetup and future meetups for the group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, please feel free to check out their website at www.truthfreedomprosperity.org. And then the big conference for this summer in Philadelphia, and it could not be more timely or more necessary with the events that are playing out before our eyes in the Gulf of Mexico as we speak. The Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations 2010, July 9th, 10th, and 11th in Philadelphia. The Tesla Science Foundation will be bringing together scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts for a three-day conference highlighting the need for a new energy paradigm. And I'll say, I mean, if we don't realize that we need to get off of oil, we need to get away from this it's destroying the earth. It's causing us to be imperialistic and go out and destroy other peoples. It's just an unsustainable way of living and supporting our need for, for energy. And Tesla had the solution over 110 years ago. And yet, in our ignorance, we chose not to listen to a man of wisdom when it came to, as he called it, harnessing the wheelwork of nature for clean and renewable energy. So this July in Philadelphia, the Tesla Science Foundation will be hosting a three-day conference and celebration to commemorate Nikola Tesla's legacy and world vision. Tesla was a brilliant inventor who lived during the turn of the 20th century. His innovations, resulted in the implementation of alternating current, radio, the AC motor, wireless technology, and many other influential inventions 
that we now take for granted in the modern age. Tesla's vision to bring clean, free energy to the world through advanced wireless technologies was blocked by the financial and corporate interests of his time. Through this event, the Tesla Science Foundation will bring together like-minded scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts who share the common goal of bringing Tesla's advanced energy technologies to fruition for the betterment of humanity. The event schedule is as follows. On July 9th in the evening, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., there will be a Tesla birthday bash held at the Independence Visitor Center at 6th and Market Streets in Philadelphia. They're going to celebrate Tesla's birthday. He was born on midnight between July 9th and 10th, and there will be a demonstration of many Tesla coils at this event. Um, a, uh, a fireworks display, Tesla style, if you will. Uh, this event is free to attend. The next day, July 10th, there will be actually four separate events. The first is the Tesla Fest, which will be an outdoor event from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., also at the Independence Visitor Center, 6th and Market Streets. This will feature exhibits, vendors, information, art, and music. This event is also free to attend. The same day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Free Library of Philadelphia at 1901 Vine Street, there will be presentations and lectures for the Tesla enthusiasts to come and check out information on Tesla and his technologies. I have the honor of being the master of ceremonies at this event. I will be introducing all the great speakers. The featured speakers are Russell Anderson, Michael Kelly, Tatiana Militech, Michael Treat, Mono Davina, Michael Craner, and Brian Yetzer. This event is also free to attend. The um, main lecture hall at the library holds approximately 400 people, and we are hoping that we can fill it with this event because, as I've said, people really need to understand what is possible when it comes to energy um, creation and distribution because we need a change in the way we are doing this. And the oil disaster in the Gulf is no clearer example of this. And if we're not waking up to that now, I, I don't think there's any hope for us as a species. But continuing with the event schedule, the same day, July 10th in the evening, from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., there will be the reception, dinner, and concert at the Arch Street Meeting House. That's at 320 Arch Street. This will feature the classical ensemble known as the Divine Hand. They are a, a classical ensemble that is centered around the theremin instrument, which is an electronic instrument that generates incredible sounding tones. And you can check out more of, about them and their music at their website, www.divinehand.net. The pricing for this event is only $20 for both the dinner 
and the concert. And uh, there will be a um, there will be many different um, styles of cuisine served. There will be a meat dish for those who eat meat. There will be a vegetarian dish. There will be a fish uh, dish, and there will be a vegan dish. So, food for for uh, everyone's palate. Uh, great music. Uh, great people doing great work. So uh, come on out and support the Tesla Science Foundation by buying a ticket for the reception, dinner, and concert at the Arch Street Meeting House on July 10th. Only $20. You can't beat that anywhere for a great evening out with great food and music and great people. So uh, the, the final event is the Scientific Conference, which is kind of the meat and potatoes of the entire event because this is where they're actually bringing scientists together, and these will be scientifically oriented presentations. In other words, not so much for the layman or just the general enthusiast, but for people of a, uh, a scientific bent. So July 10th and 11th, the scientific conference will be ongoing from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. This will take place at 2 Liberty Place on the 32nd floor, 2 Liberty Place, 32nd floor, 1601 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. It will feature at least 10 scientific presentations, possibly more. You can register for only $110 at the Tesla Science Foundation website. For emerging details, see the conference website at www.teslasciencefoundation.org teslasciencefoundation.org to keep um, informed about all of the meetups of the uh, Nikola Tesla Club and the Tesla Science Foundation. You can join their meetup group at ntesla.meetup.com slash 38. That's n-t-e-s-l-a dot meetup dot com slash 38, the number 38. So those are, uh, I'm sorry, I have one more event announcement, and uh, this is a preliminary announcement. This event is a long way off, but I'm going to start announcing it now because I'm going to promote as much as humanly possible for this event because I am the person who is putting the event together. And um, this is going to be called Free Your Mind. The title was just selected. Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. This will be taking place on April 9th, 2011. And if we have enough interest and speakers, we will be extending this to a second day. And it will be April 9th and 10th, 2011. A venue is in the works but has not been solidified yet. When I have the venue, I will announce that. There are already two confirmed speakers for the event. I will be speaking, and a good friend of mine, and a person who really enlightened me to many things that were taking place in this world, uh, who is also speaking at the Tesla event, Michael Kelly, will be speaking and probably preparing a presentation on some form of mind control, uh, possibly electromagnetic uh, uses, uses for mind control applications or possibly um, 
discussing neuro-linguistic programming. So we have two confirmed speakers and we have many more potential speakers that we will be talking to over the next few weeks. And as new speakers are added to this bill, I will be announcing it here on this show. Uh, there will be a website created very soon. I have not gotten around to doing that yet, but uh, I will announce the website once that is built as well. So a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. The event is going to be called Free Your Mind. April 9th and 10th, possibly the 10th, 2011. Hold the date. So those are the event announcements. And I guess I can briefly get into a recap of what we've done thus far and then jump into the topic for tonight, which is going to be a continuation of discussing the ongoing problem that the human species is seemingly trapped in. And a huge, huge part of that problem is mind control. So we're going to start to divert a little bit from talking about the types of factors and conceptual ideas and philosophies that we've been discussing over the last several weeks on this show. And we're going to get into a little bit darker waters and talk about what is perpetuating and keeping the problem manifesting for as long as it has been which is that human beings are continuously creating a scenario, a manifestation, an experience that they do not wish to experience because it contains a large amount of suffering that is self-inflicted suffering that is not necessary to experience. And mind control is a dominant factor in any analysis, if it be an honest one, regarding what is actually taking place and what is driving these dynamics. So ultimately what we have done on this show up to this point is talk about the bottom line causal factors regarding why human beings suffer the way they do. That's what this show is ultimately about. And freedom, the concept, the notion, the very notion of freedom is all about freedom from suffering, freedom from unpleasant experiences. So what we have done is we have discussed causal factors and the ultimate causal factor, the reason, the bottom line reason that human beings experience self-inflicted suffering. And this is not an overgeneralization. This is not reductionism. It's not oversimplification. There are really only two reasons that human beings experience self-inflicted suffering. It is because they accept into their belief systems that which is not true. And simultaneously, 
they refuse to accept that which is true. Human beings are fooled and suffer only two ways. They refuse to accept that which is true, and they accept that which is false. So you can, you can compress it even more and boil it down into one overarching dynamic, the ability to tell truth from falsehood and deception. That's it. Every other problem that we experience that is unpleasant for us, that contains suffering for us, is derived ultimately from that overarching dynamic. And there will be those who don't agree with that, who think that that isn't the case. And that's fine. But there are people who have studied this dynamic intently and intensely for many years. There are people who have written about this dynamic, who have in their wisdom tried to explain this to many other people so that they could avoid the pitfalls that we fall into constantly. And yet that wisdom is almost constantly rejected universally. But there are very few who do listen to it and have really been able to apply those principles and turn their life around such that they themselves do not inflict self-imposed suffering upon themselves. Again, one of the problems is we live in a quantum universe. We live in a universe that is driven by quantum dynamics, which means amount. So a very few people doing something can create an influence. But until there is a critical mass or a significant number of people that are changing their attitudes, that are changing their thought processes, that are changing their behaviors, it is very difficult when there is an immensity of people that are not, are seemingly not changing, okay, and are continuing down this road of suffering, because ultimately we are all bound together. Ultimately we are all connected. There is no separation at the level of consciousness. As goes with one, goes with the whole, and vice versa. People think that if it doesn't affect me, many people think if it doesn't affect me, then I don't need to worry about it. It's, it's something that I can ignore. And this isn't how it really works. Being that we are all connected fundamentally in consciousness, we are all universal energy experiencing itself. As one suffers, all suffer. So it's, it's difficult to get to that critical mass point where enough people are willing to get out of old patterns of thinking and old patterns of behavior in the world and change such that the overarching dynamic of what is creating the shared reality of the whole changes. That's what we're trying to work toward by help assisting people in changing their worldview, changing their fundamental way of thinking about how they 
operate in the world, how they interact with other people, how they treat other people, how they treat themselves, how they view themselves in relation to others. Because ultimately, again, if you understand what really is, you understand there is no separation, and as happens to one being is ultimately happening to you as well. It is only through our filters that we see self and other as separate things. Ultimately, they are the same in consciousness. That being said, one of the fundamental principles that needs to be acknowledged that is operating in the world is mind control. This is what keeps this new paradigm, this fundamental shift in the way people think from emerging. It is like a force that is constantly holding something down and constantly has to be applied. It's an applied force. And if that force were let off from the application point, namely the mind, we would see things dramatically shift very quickly. The problem is the forms of media that are out there in the world that pe most people are taking into themselves and making a part of them by what they are paying attention to are poisonous streams of information that are either based in pure ignorance or outright deception, knowingly. And I know that may be, you know, a difficult thing for a lot of people to hear, but it needs to be said and it needs to be understood. And mind control needs to be understood. The methodologies of mind control, how it is used, how it goes to work on the subconscious, how it goes to work through patterns, through repetition, through symbols. We'll be discussing all of this. We'll be discussing multifaceted techniques of mind control. It's a war on consciousness, ultimately. That's what mind control is. And I've said on this show, and I'll say many more times, ultimately, what mind control is, at its fundamental level, is an attempt to exterminate the human imagination, an attempt to exterminate the ability for people to challenge the status quo because they cannot even envision or conceptualize anything being different than how it currently is. And if you destroy the imaginative capability of human beings, you have them exactly where you want them for as long as you want them there. That's ultimately what mind control is about. I see we already have a couple of callers on the line. Uh, callers, hold on. I'm going to get to you in order that you called in. So uh, it says on my switchboard here, East Maryland. Here we go. East Maryland, you are on what on earth is happening. Are you oh, there? Is that is that me? Oh. Yeah. Okay, I, I just I called in to the listen line. This is great stuff, Ben. I I, I, oh, I somebody you. somebody posted this show on Facebook, so I just I, I called into the line to get a listen. This is great stuff, Ben. Fantastic. Uh, would you would you like to give your name or no? Sure. I I am I'm, I'm Garrett, uh doing the We Are Change Maryland thing. 
Great. Yeah, so... <laughs> what do you guys have, have going on down there? Well, uh, r- right now we're just playing for the Porcupine Festival up in uh, New Hampshire next week. Yes, we're, I've heard about that. Yeah, we're we're all real pumped up about that to get together with a bunch of like-minded, liberty-minded individuals. And... Yes. Uh, you know, we're just we're just doing what we can around here in Maryland, hitting up all the different college campuses, trying to, you know, <laughs> spread truth and just open up the awareness to so many of the poor college kids that are being literally institutionalized. Uh, uh, I, I I can definitely relate to that, and I agree with that. Um, uh, it's a good place to reach out to uh, on campuses for sure because. Uh, we do need to reach young people for certain. Uh, if there is any hope, it is in, in the youth. And um, to, to change their attitudes and behaviors is uh, of fundamental importance. So that's great that you guys are doing that. Um, well, anything else you have going on or that you want to bring up or talk about? Well, you know, no, it's, just, it, it's, uh, it's, it's so refreshing to see stuff like this, you know, getting mentions on Facebook, like there is definitely a major shift in the mindset of people nowadays going on. And I'm, and it's just, it's just thrilling to see, you know, some people are sitting there waiting around to see what Obama's going to say about the oil thing right now. I think he's talking about it as we speak, but uh, right. it, it's good to see so many great radio shows popping up and people really just getting the word out. I agree. If we're going to take back control over our own minds and our own destinies, one of the places that will be the the uh, front lines of that war is is going to be the alternative media, and the internet is going to play a gigantic role in that. And that's why we need to protect freedom of speech above all else, and we need to protect uh, uh, an open internet for certain. You said it. You said it. All right. Well, I I really appreciate the call, and uh, I'll continue to listen, and uh, let other people know about the show. I'm, I'm spreading it on Facebook right now. <laughs> Great. Really appreciate good. that, man. Keep up the work down there in Maryland. All right. Good stuff. Well, you take care. You too. All right. Great. All right. So we have another uh, call-in. Uh, let's go to uh, the the username here says SaxMBS. Sax MBS, you're on What on Earth is Happening. Are you there? Sax MBS, caller. You're, are you on the line? You're on the air. All right, going once. Try it again. Sax MBS, are you there? Yeah, yeah, hello. There we go. How are you? Good. Good. I just saw this posted on Facebook. I jumped on. This is good. Great. What what, what Facebook did you see it on, if you don't mind? Oh, um, Mike Salvi's, if he doesn't mind. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. I know Mike well. He's a good friend. He's a great guy. And uh, I'm glad he's uh, promoting it a little bit. That, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, this is Marcus. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. So what do you have for us tonight? 
Oh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm always looking into all kinds of different things. Um, one, one thing that you might be able to comment on uh, better than other people, I was just going through um, a presentation of Fritz Springmeier talking about trauma-based mind control. Absolutely. Uh, this is information I had never really listened to anyone talk about, and it, it's uh, unbelievable stuff. He was saying how um, every Nazi intelligence agent was a British double agent, and just go on from there. I mean, lots of history. It's amazing. Well, um, this is going to be a topic that it will definitely be addressed in my conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult called Free Your Mind. It's coming up in 2011 in April. And I know a bit about trauma-based mind control. Um, Fritz Springmeier is a great resource on that. I would also encourage people to look into Bryce Taylor, her work, and Kathy O'Brien's work. And... Um, Look into Project Monarch. Look into uh, MK Ultra. Um, Monarch was an offshoot of MK Ultra. Um, I will more likely than not be having some people from the Monarch Project speak, speaking at the conference next April. Wow. Uh, what what trauma based mind control for listeners who may not be familiar? with this technique. Um, it is a physical mind control technique that happens through torture or some other kind of extreme um, violent action taken on the subject that basically like a, an event, like a, a, an extreme car crash uh, is blocked from the memory of a person so that they don't relive it. If it's so painful that they don't want to relive the memory, oftentimes there will be sort of an amnesic barrier thrown up such that the person cannot recall events that led up just prior to the crash or just after it. This can also be true with rape scenarios. It can be true with, you know, brutal beatings or, or, or torture scenarios. And what trauma-based mind control is used to do is to create what are called alters or compartmentalized regions of the mind that are essentially walled off from the rest of the personality. In other words, in an extreme torture environment that, that the person cannot physically extricate themselves from. They cannot physically get away from, from the actual pain in the environment that, that the torture is being done in. If this goes on long enough, eventually the personality fractures. The psyche actually splits into two parts or more parts. And one of them will be physically experiencing the torture ongoing in the physical dimension. But the other part, which is what the consciousness will sort of move into as a hiding place, so to speak, or as a defense mechanism, um, uh, that part will be an, alt an alternative personality that will not be present and experiencing physically the torture as it is taking place in the present moment. So it's, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism of the psyche to fracture the personality 
uh, this has been referred to in the past as MPD, multiple personality disorder. Uh, psychologists and psychiatrists no longer call it that. They now refer to this as DID, which is dissociative identity disorder, meaning that the, the standard identity of the person, which is the main personality, becomes uh, dissociates. It creates a dissociation from itself, which is played out as an alternative personality. So hence the term multiple personalities or multiples. Um, this dissociation, again, is a defense mechanism such that the person can actually, in consciousness, move out of the, the, the scenario where they're actively being tortured. Th what this does is compartmentalizes the brain structure. And there are methods that, that scientists and uh, psychologists and, uh, I'm sorry, psychiatrists have come up with to program those alters, those altered personalities. There are triggers that they can give them. There are phrases and words to shift the person automatically into one of those personalities. And that personality acts like a blank slate because it is essentially walled off from the emotions, from the experiences, and from the, the personality of the individual. Uh, it, it is like a separate person there that can just absorb information like a new being. You know, we, we are constantly downloading and absorbing information in the first six years of life or more. And when you create one of these new personalities, it acts like a sponge. It can absorb everything. It can recall. There's a high uh, availability of memory recall. And um, uh, there are functions that are available, like learning languages. There are um, that, that the person did not previously know, picking them up very quick, which is normally very difficult, because there's nothing to unlearn or no uh, information that needs to be wiped clean to make room for new information. It's basically, again, a clean slate and like an information sponge that can absorb everything in this new compartmentalized structure that has been created through torture. So this is a, an advanced and a scientific mind control technique. I was not planning on getting into that this evening in any depth, but I will have people that will talk about this at the conference in April um, and will relate their experiences. I may, may have a couple of people who are actively tortured in the Monarch Project that are will, may be willing to come forward and relate their experiences. Again, uh, I, I kind of you know alluded to other speakers that we have planned, and that's the goal is to try to work with some of these individuals to help get them over their fear, to get them to come forward and tell the, relate their, their story because it's extremely important. People need to know that this stuff is actively going on. It's going on right now as we speak, as a matter of fact. So uh, that, that's trauma-based mind control. But the, the, the methodologies I was going to be discussing a little bit later this evening uh, was um, what is generally referred to as soft forms of mind control or mass mind control techniques. That I think these are you know, uh, th th there may not be as interesting or as extravagant as trauma-based mind control, but I think they're equally, if not more important to understand because of how they work upon the general population. So uh, that that's basically what trauma-based mind control is.
Yeah, interesting stuff. Thanks. Did you have anything else for us, or uh, any other questions, or uh, comments, or uh, anything else you want to bring up? Oh well, I mean, one film that I'd like everyone to see if they could, maybe you have, um, is uh, called The Soviet Story. I just recently saw it, and um, it's basically about uh, some information about the history of the Soviet Union and the crimes that took place, and. Uh, there's certainly a lot of... It's called, the, it's called the Soviet story? Soviet story, yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of uh, mass mind control that took place in that uh, regime. So. Sure. Um, but uh, it's an amazing film that sort of talks about how they... There's certain things that Americans don't get didn't get to learn about in public school and, and general knowledge about uh, their, their agreements with the Nazis and um, sort of uh, a lot of the the crimes that that have gone unpunished um, from sure. from their re- regime and and also some of the ideological similarities and differences between uh, Marxism and so, uh, Fabian socialism and um, kind of it, it compares and contrasts like Nazism and Marxism and Fabian socialism a little bit. It's a good Absolutely. Film. That's great. That sounds really interesting. Uh, I do not have this documentary. I have thousands of documentaries in my collection, but this is one I have not seen yet, and uh, I will definitely look it up and watch it, and I thank you for the recommendation. It sounds great, and like you said, those two ideologies uh, are, you know, uh, um, Nazism and, and socialism are essentially two sides of the same coin. They're all about total control and uh, complete uh, and utter authority over people being used as resources and, and subjects. It's all about 100% total control and thinking that you're God and have the ability to completely control other people's lives in one form or another. Just the methodologies basically differ, and the ideologies that underlie them differ uh, by certain orders of magnitude, but the end result is the same. And people need to understand that that as essentially simply flip sides of the same coin of control. So um, when you mentioned the the Nazis um, and and their role in mind control techniques as well as the Soviets, uh, with trauma-based mind control in particular coming out of um, uh, Monarch and coming out of uh, MK Ultra before it as kind of like a predecessor. To the Monarch Project, um, uh, we have to understand who really uh, developed the MK Ultra project in the first place. Uh, and this was going back. MK stands for mind control uh, in German because this was done through. It was an offshoot of Project Paperclip, in which many, many Nazi scientists from the Third Reich were secretly funneled over to the United States to work in the space program and to work in these uh, covert black ops projects like MK Ultra, Monarch, etc. Paul, are you still there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that that that, that is completely related with um, you know paperclip and the Nazi scientists who were channeled over to the United States after World War II. Right. Yeah. It's 
it, anything they can do to dehumanize people it seems to be basically their game plan. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for calling in and uh, thank you for bringing up that point. And also, uh, really thanks for the uh, suggestion on that documentary, The Soviet Story. I will definitely download it myself and check it out. Yeah, uh, it's, the website's just uh, www.sovietstory.com. Um, I think they've kind of had a lock on the copyright stuff. I think they don't, this might be a company or a director that doesn't want it too much viral on the internet, but. Um, I ordered it on Amazon, if and I, I have a copy. If anyone in the southeast Pennsylvania area is interested in borrowing it or whatever, so great. Thanks. Sounds good. Th- thank you for the call. Sure. You take care. You too. All right, great. Uh, I see we have a third caller. I, I like taking calls. We'll keep doing this as long as people are calling in, and then we'll go back to. Uh, um, discussing the uh, concept of mind control. Um, so the switchboard says Southwest Ohio. There we go. Southwest Ohio, you are on. What on earth is happening? Hello. Uh, this is Bob uh, from Cincinnati. Um, I go under the moniker online as Serene Being on some different websites. Firstly, uh, let me say, Mark, it, it is an honor to speak to you. Um, I have followed your work for about a year and a half now. This is a, a, a pleasure for me. Uh, I, I believe you are speaking about things that are intrinsic to the survival and also the uh, moving forward of, of not only Americans but as people. Uh, issues of consciousness, uh, issues of occult black sorcery which controls the dynamics of the lives we live, of what we call reality today, and also of revealing uh, the suppressed Tesla technologies and making that uh, apparent to a wider audience. Uh, But thank you, Mark, on behalf of all of us. Thank you for what you're doing, firstly. Thank you, Bob, and thanks for what you're doing. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, uh, the topic seems to be right now uh, mind control, which is an excellent topic. I, I believe people uh, uh, are, are just waking up to these topics. Uh, the, the name Fritz Springmeier was mentioned, uh, an excellent yes. uh, author and resource uh, to gain more uh, information on mind control. Uh, and you spoke of, of um, the, the creating of altars and uh, the the immense, uh, intense trauma-based mind control that the Illuminati slash New World Order slash Black Ops uh, creatures use to create uh, their their uh, what puppets, marionettes. There's another uh, project. Marionette was another Nazi uh, mind control program uh, that should be checked yes. out. Um, uh, but uh, but a wonderful topic. Now you know on a on a, a offshoot of that topic, uh, Fritz Springmeier. Uh, was an associate or a, a collaborator or, or met a man named John Todd, who uh, you probably are aware of, Mark. Uh, Todd yes, was a, absolutely. Todd was a, a speaker amongst the uh, the, the Christian cir- uh, church circuit back in the late 70s uh, before he disappeared uh, under mysterious circumstances. But Todd, uh, I just wanted to point out, uh, he spoke of what's going on now. 
Uh, the Illuminati would crash their own businesses, their own economies to, to foment and bring in this new world order. And I think we're witnessing that now, uh, a complete collapsing, a triggering, almost like the 9-11 buildings, a planned demolition, a planned deconstruction, and, or, or demolition, I should say, a destruction of their businesses is occurring around us. Uh, somebody brought up a great topic uh, or a great idea. Uh, well, it's not great, but it's just interesting to note that with the collapse of BP, which we're witnessing right now, because that's what's going to happen to that company. Now, I'm not shedding any tears, believe you me, but uh, what, what is going on, it happened to GM earlier in 08 going into 09, which was basically as the company collapsed, the first people that will be affected by the collapse of the company are the aged retirees who depend on the pension system. And that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to, to squeeze BP dry, and that's only going to, to uh, precipitate an acceleration of the collapse of the British economy through the pension people who are completely dependent on BP as a source of income. But that's a side issue. Uh, I just wanted to... I totally out. agree with that. I totally agree with what you just said. They are going to try to do this in a very uh, 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 scripted and a very controlled way. And, and, and this BP thing may definitely play into that, that plan to, to take down the world economy in a controlled way such that people cry out for the solution and they then present themselves as the savior, the, the classical... Uh, uh, Hegelian dialectic or chaos magic scenario. Absolutely. And, and Mark, to, to move back to chaos, and I know I'm all over the board because this is my first call to you. And like I said, I, I'm very excited to finally speak to you. I, I believe uh, your work is seminal to, to where we are now as people consciously waking up to the reality, excuse me, the disreality we live in, and the ability for us to move forward. I mean, you're talking about consciousness, uh, te Tesla technology. Uh, these, these are the two pillars of which we're going to latch on to to move forward. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. And, and whatever happens from this moment, uh, you are an excellent person. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and praise you all night, even though I, you know, it's not falling on deaf ears. But uh, thank you again. Thank you for your work, Mark. But, but to move on to a different topic or, or a subtopic, I just want to uh, touch, and I'll let you guys get right back to, to mind control, which is excellent. That's why I don't want to take up much of your time. Uh, but I want to move back to your, your presentations, which are, is on the, the whatonearthishappening.com website. Uh, these were excellent presentations, opening my eyes personally to, to the black sorcery of which we find ourselves under, the black sorcerers who, uh, house, who are housed within the intel communities, which are the black adepts of the 21st century, black sorcerers who used magic and ritual and symbols and meaning to create 9-11, to work it into a, a, a ritual of the first order. And if one has not seen uh, Mark's work, I would direct them to, um, to the second part of your work, Mark, if you could give the title out, um, of that presentation, of the four-part presentation that you had, it was occult. Um, um, yeah, uh, occult influence, mind control, and astrotheology is, is part two. Absolutely. Uh, excellent work to bring one up to speed, to understand how occultic 
black sorcery is a part of our reality. And most people have a difficulty in accepting that. Oh, well, that's all hugabaloo. That, oh, that magic, that's all just, that's all in Disney movies. Well, Disney, Walt Disney was a adept of the high Masonic order. Walt Disney, and through his Disney World and Disneyland, is used even to this day as part of the trauma-based mind control, creating altars and reinforcing these, these controlled creatures. God bless them. I pray for their souls. Um, but Walt Disney, his movies are used for vehicles of mind control, the most famous Fantasia. Uh, 72 minutes of the most ridiculous, uh, meaningless, I mean, artfully done, don't, don't get me wrong, but the audience came away, every one of the audience came away saying, what was that all about? Well, uh, to this day it is known, it is used in, uh, for, for children as they, uh, they uh, use them in these uh, creating of altars through horrific trauma-based mind control. But, um, but I, I didn't want Walt Disney to get off the hook as he, as he is part of the problem in his whole operation. As if everybody cannot see in the logo of Walt Disney, the six comprised as the first part of the D, the I dotted, the six above it, and the Y curly cueing into a six, forming the Trinity 666, of which I won't even touch. Most people are understanding of that. But Mark, keep up the great work. I, li I will listen to your work, and I look forward to calling again. Thank you so much for taking my call. Bob, thanks for calling in. You have a good night. Yes, sir. All right. So that was, I'm trying, okay, there we go. All right, so that was Bob in Ohio, and uh, I, I thank you for your kind words, Bob, and uh, I would just say, uh, you know, I, I, I do appreciate the, uh, the fact that you uh, find it valuable what I'm doing, and, and again, I would just state, I'm just a messenger. The message is what is important. Um, actually understanding this information and getting it out there to people uh, and, um, you know, basically living it, that's the important thing. Uh, who it comes from isn't nearly as important as the quality of the message itself. So that's what I uh, aspire to do is to um, put a message of truth out there that can help people to understand what's going on and change it for the better. And um, that's what I will continue to do. Just put it out there. And um, if people take it, and they, they run with it, and they change things for the better, wonderful. If they can't uh, deal with, you know, hearing something that is seemingly in total conflict with their current view of reality, and they, you know, do not want to accept it into their worldview, no one can make them do that. That's what free will is all about. But uh, I would suggest that... Um, we may be in for a very bumpy ride if we, if we cannot collectively bring this message to many, many, many more people. So with that having been said, um, I don't think we have any other callers. But again, like callers will take precedence. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, I like taking calls. If anybody calls in, I'll probably go to that and interrupt the, uh, the, the general um, progression of uh, going through ideas, and we could always get back to the ideas. You know, there's 
and no time limit uh, because we could continue on other shows, of course, in future weeks. But uh, uh, callers will take precedence, so I'll, I'll give the call-in number again here as we approach the uh, top of the uh, second hour. Um, if you want to call in, no taboo topics on this show. You can talk about whatever you want. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to put in the call ID for this show, which is 83515. The call ID, 83515. All right, so the topic for tonight, we've, we've gotten into probably the aspect that I would have talked about last when it comes to mind control techniques, uh, which was trauma-based mind control. And um, on that topic, I mean, I would really like to take, uh, have, have a guest on, on that specific topic. If anybody knows of anybody that would be interested in being on this show who is either an expert on or has had direct experience with trauma-based mind control, I would love to do an interview with someone like that. Uh, send them, uh, send a recommendation to my email address at mark at whatonearthishappening.com. So uh, let's... Let's review, before we go into the techniques of mind control, let's review the topic of magic versus sorcery that we've talked about in previous shows. So magic and sorcery both we defined in previous weeks as the science and art of influencing change to occur in accordance with the will. The science and art of influencing change to occur in accordance with the will. Both magic and sorcery. And uh, you're hearing a little bit of uh, disturbance in the background there. My, my dogs are barking at someone outside. I apologize for that. Um, I usually uh, have them, have them in, a, in another area of the house, but... Uh, they're a little bit closer to the room where I'm at today, and uh, I guess something upset them. Um, so magic, the science and art of influencing change to occur in accordance with the will. So it's an influence, influence change. The will in this instance, when we are referring to magic, is a capital W will, meaning the will of creation meaning higher will, okay? It is the will of the universe to progress and move forward in consciousness, in the evolution of consciousness. It is not an individual's will, lowercase w. That is the definition of sorcery. When someone is using a science or art, a set of techniques, or influencing change to occur in accordance with their own will, a lowercase w will. Uh, critical to understand the definition between those things because essentially they're the same except for the connotation of the word will. 
whether it is a higher will or a lower will. So, there are, while that initially may sound like a Hollywood um, depiction, okay, you're talking about magic, you're talking about sorcery, magicians, sorcerers, as we've seen in a movie, for example, like Lord of the Rings. You know, you have a white magician and a, and a dark magician. Um, you have one magician who is trying to uh, serve the force of good, one magician who is trying to serve the force of evil in, in that movie, Saur- Sauron, the, uh, the evil eye, okay? So a, uh, a sorcerer is serving his own egoic desires. That's what a sorcerer is doing. He doesn't care about the well-being of others. He doesn't care about evolution of consciousness. He is trapped in the dynamic of fear. He is trapped in the dynamic of confusion internally regarding his own emotions and evolutionary development in consciousness. And he is trapped in the desire, most of all, to control others. So to those ends, the sorcerer uses his set of techniques for influence to create the scenarios that he wants to serve his will, even if it means that other people suffer at the expense of anyone else. Because to the sorcerer, the suffering of others doesn't matter. Because the worldview that a sorcerer holds is one of complete separateness and not a unified worldview of oneness of all consciousness. So it's a a critical distinction to make when we talk about the arts of influence, the science of influencing others. What people who are coming online to this kind of material and understanding how these sciences have been used, and that's what they are. They are sciences. They are sets of known techniques based in knowledge. That's really what magic and sorcery are. What the, the positive magicians, are, the alchemists of the world are attempting to do is to raise consciousness by making people aware of these techniques and making people aware of sorcery that is taking place around them in their world. And that form of sorcery, that, that, that the main form of sorcery, the main tool, the main science and art that sorcerers in this world use is mind control. And again, as I've said, mind control is a war on nothing less than human consciousness. So the sorcerers of this world, those who are manipulating other people to get what they want, and I don't mean at a, at a small scale. I'm talking about a global scale. The sorcerers of this world are small in number in comparison to the general populace, infinitesimally small, as a matter of fact. <clears throat> the very, very few are controlling the mass numbers of people in the world. And people will often say, well, hey, that's 
probably not possible. You would need a whole lot of people to control a whole lot of other people. And that's simply not the case because people aren't being controlled so much in a physical sense as they are in a mental sense. Again, mind control is the tool that these sorcerers use. And as we will talk about, it has an incredible amount of techniques. There's not just one technique for mind control. There are many techniques for mind control. So this small cabal who is really controlling things are doing so through the art of manipulation. It's a subtle form of mind control. It works upon the masses of people. Because if you're controlling the information that people get to see and hear and read, and you're controlling the knowledge that is propagated through the, the vast portion of society, you don't even need to control it all. You need to control it at major points of distribution and interest, like the media, the mainstream media, newspapers, what goes out over television networks. Most people, unfortunately, not all, but most people, are still taking, believe it or not, the bulk of their information through outlets such as that, television, newspapers. Okay, These are owned largely by the same sorcerers and corporate interests that they control. They are the owners of a lot of these institutions, like the mainstream media. They work by lowering, artificially lowering the vibration of consciousness that people are operating at. They need to lower people's vibratory energy, the energy at which they radiate, the energy at which they operate on needs to be at a low vibration because this is the, the vibration of fear. This is the manifestation of fear energy. Fear is a low waveform vibration, a slow, a slow and long wavelength, if you will. Okay? It is heavy. It is deep. They need to put people into states of fear so that they will buy into their manipulating efforts without fear being present in people. Physical fear, fear of survival, fear over the future, monetary fears, fears over food, you name it, everything, lack-based worldview. There isn't enough. I need more. I need to do this. I need to have this. I'm not good enough. What will this person do? What will this person say? All fear-based mentalities, fear-based ideologies. This is the main form of mind control. Ultimately, all mind control is based upon this principle. The overarching principle that in order for a sorcerer to control, and by a sorcerer, again, I mean someone who is skilled in the science, the techniques of influencing other people to get what they want, 
to get them to behave in certain ways such that they prosper at other people's expense. The sorcerer, the, the manipulator, prospers at the expense of the people that he is manipulating, he or she. So that's the main thing to keep in mind, that these, this small group of controller sorcerers, sorcerers trapped in their own consciousness in the dynamic of fear, they're also in this dynamic. They're also in that energy. Their goal ultimately is to make everyone as miserable and cut off from true self as, as are they. And they can only do that by manipulating the consciousness of the masses of people into the vibratory energy of fear. That's the only way they could possibly get us to, to cut our own selves off from our true potential and our true understanding of who and what we are and to get us to serve their agenda unknowingly in most, in the vast majority of cases. So this brings us to, in any mind control propagation, in any methodology of mind control that is going to be used, you're always going to be using people who also do, who do not understand what your ultimate agenda is. So it will be like the blind leading the blind. It will be mind-controlled people helping to mind-control other people. Just think about it. You need people who are in ignorance to propagate something that ultimately can only create more more suffering in the world, even for them. To get them unknowingly to cooperate with an agenda. This is done, and I'll, I'll use a word that I used previously when I started talking about trauma-based mind control, and it's very appropriate that this is how the system would work. They do this through something called compartmentalization. In addition to compartmentalization, which is walling off different areas of interest and different areas of influence from each other, such that the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing. Okay? That's compartmentalization. You hear about this in military operations. You hear about this in uh, defense projects that are being worked on, being developed. They are compartmentalized. They may have one person working on the flight dynamics of a new aircraft while another person works on the propulsion system. But they never know what the ultimate design is going to be, look like, or how it's going to manifest until the entire operation comes together as a whole. And that, of course, is controlled from higher levels of awareness. People who have knowledge of what the entire project is about. The people who are actually doing the work on the ground to create that project may have no idea of what they're creating because they're compartmentalized. They're walled off from each other. You could say there's a gulf between them to play upon on what's happening right now in the gulf. 
See, compartmentalization is a critical part of mind control, and it's a critical part of the structures that are taking place that are, that are operating all around us in the modern world. So the second part of this structure, you could call this the manipulation structure, okay? The structure for mind control. It works basically the same way no matter where a compartmentalized project or a project that deals with the dynamic of controlling the mind of the individuals working in it. This structure always basically operates the same way. It works through compartmentalization first and foremost, and it works through hierarchy. Hierarchy means that there is levels of the structure. As well as it being separated into different compartments that operate independently of each other, it is hierarchically structured. Okay, so mind control institutions are always going to be structured in two ways, hierarchically and compartmentalized. Those are the two basic features that if something is set up like that, it is an institutionalized belief system. And ultimately, it is trying to prevent people from thinking outside of those institutional lines of belief. There are ranks and structure within hierarchy. Okay? So, you know, a private is way at the bottom in the army. And then above him, there are many ranks leading up to general and, you know, five-star general. So, hierarchy has to do with how much knowledge is contained at a particular level of the structure, of the institutionalized structure. So, as you go higher into the hierarchy of this structure, you reach higher levels of knowledge of the entire system. As you are lower in the chain of command, you are lower in the chain of knowledge. A general knows the battle plan of the entire uh, operations theater. A private does not. He just follows his orders. A Uh, a director of education understands the entire structure of the educational model that is being presented in schools, while the teacher simply teaches the curriculum that he or she is asked to teach to do that job. The um, low-level employee in any given business or corporation has no idea about the executive decisions being made by the CEO and the board of directors. Knowledge is hierarchically structured in any institutionalized belief system. And it's done so for a reason. Because if you disseminated knowledge freely and widely and made it more similar to a round table as opposed to a pyramidal hierarchical structure that is compartmentalized, 
you would not be able to direct all of the energy of all of those people nearly as effectively as if you had centralized decision-making and centralized control over the people that comprise that structure or institution. So this works the same in any institution. It doesn't matter whether it's military, business, education, politics, religion. You name the institution. It is set up and it is structured according to these two basic principles. Compartmentalization, walling off individuals from each other in the project, and hierarchy, meaning the higher you go, the fewer the people are involved, and the higher the knowledge that is contained by those few individuals. So they can pull strings from the top up. They make a decision at the command level, at the executive level, the CEO makes a decision, that decision is passed down and propagates down to all the way down to the most insignificant of workers in the corporation. It's a top-down hierarchical structure. In what is actually taking place on this planet right now, the top level of this pyramid I would describe as sorcerers, black magicians, okay? These are individuals who have perfected the science and art of influence to create change in accordance with their own will and could care less about the will of any other people and certainly could care less about the will of creation. They want to profit, they want to prosper, they don't care who suffers. They are pulling the strings from the top up, sending this, their decision-making and their orders and their commands down to lower levels beneath them that often contain people that are well-intentioned and do not understand the agenda at the higher levels of the structure that I've described. They just want a paycheck, the people down at the bottom levels. They just want to go along to get along because, hey, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to start up trouble. I just want to keep my head down, make my living, have my house, have my car, have my food, and it doesn't make a difference what I'm a part of. Why should I rock the boat? I have it good enough. Well-intentioned people who have absolutely no idea because of the compartmentalized and hierarchical nature of the structure they're involved in, of what they are being used for. And that's what these sorcerers, that's what these manipulators do. They use people. And when, they're, when they can no longer use people for the agenda they want to use them for, they throw them away like a toy that they're done playing with or a bone that they just clean. Because they don't care about other people. They only care about themselves. And they're not interested whether they just used up a person and basically 
toss them aside when they were done with them. Doesn't matter to them in a bit, in the slightest bit. The other thing that mind control works through, and the other thing that this hierarchical structure that I'm talking about essentially propagates its control through is the occult. Now, there's a word that conjures all sorts of connotations with people. It conjures negative connotations. And there are reasons for that. And I'm not saying that those reasons are altogether not well-placed. However, this is a word manipulation game that is actually played by the very sorcerers who are controlling things and who are manipulating people and events in this world. The word occult connotatively in most people's minds. If you play a word association game with people on the street and you simply ask them, what is the first word that comes to your mind when I say the word occult? Occult, O-C-C-U-L-T. Just to be specific about the word so nobody uh, is misconstruing what I'm saying here. The word occult, O-C-C-U-L-T. If you ask most people, your average person on the street, what does the word occult mean to you? Or what word do you associate with the word occult? Almost invariably. Now, a few people will associate it with something different or random or may not even know what it means at all. But I guarantee you, if you do this little word association game, with most people, the word that they will most often associate with the word occult is the word evil. And again, there's a reason for that. When you look at the origin of words, and we'll be talking a lot about, I've already brought up this in past shows, but we will definitely be discussing the origins of many words and how in words there is great meaning that we don't traditionally ascribe to that word, that we don't understand because we don't know where the word came from, where it was derived from, its etymology, as it's called. The word occult, O-C-C-U-L-T, is derived from the Latin language and it comes from a Latin verb, occultare, O-C-C-U-L-T-A-R-E, occultare. Now, if you take any Latin dictionary and you open it up to the O section and you look up the verb occultare, occultare means to hide or to conceal from sight, to hide from view. So, the the form of that verb, occult, simply means hidden. That's all it means. The word occult means 
hidden from sight. Okay? Look at the word. Occult has in it the root of ocular. O-C-U-L-A-R. Ocular, which means related to the eye. Oculus in Latin means eye. Okay? So occult, it's a form of the word that means eye. E-Y-E, not I as in me, the eye, the thing we see with, the organ we use to see, the eye. Occult derived from oculus. It means hidden from sight. That's all the word means, and that's critical, critical to understand as we go forward into understanding mind control and occultism. Sciences and art forms that are used to influence that are largely comprised of hidden knowledge. Now, there's two main reasons people would wish to hide knowledge. The first has a positive intention behind it. But what I will say is that ultimately you still get a negative result. No matter how positive this intention is, it's misguided. It's misplaced. People who will hide knowledge for this reason do not understand a, a deeply an important principle of natural law. Okay? And the reason that the first reason that people will hide knowledge is they believe that that knowledge in the wrong hands may be used completely irresponsibly or dangerously. Okay? I'll say that again. The, the first major reason that people will hide knowledge from others is because they believe that if they have certain knowledge that they would use it in an irresponsible or dangerous manner. Now, that's a seemingly well-placed intention for hiding knowledge. However, it always ends up backfiring. It always ends up in some form in a disastrous outcome. And for occultists that may be listening to my words and may be listening to my work over previous weeks and in my presentations, take part of what I'm saying. When you hide knowledge and you think of it as your own, you think of knowledge as belonging to you and you may do what you wish with it, no matter how dangerous it may seem 
if it were to get into the quote-unquote wrong hands, you are going against a natural law principle that will ultimately only lead to further suffering and further degradation of consciousness. Get as upset about it as you want, because there are many people in certain occult orders and in acting in occult capacities that will get extremely upset by what I just said. And this is the reason I am no longer and never will be again in, in, at any time in my lifetime affiliated with any occult orders, formalized occult orders. Okay? I will not take an oath to an occult institution. I do not agree with hiding knowledge from anyone. And there are certain occult even if they are positive in their intent, occult orders that will say, this knowledge is ours to protect. That's the thinking. They say, we're the ones who will meet this knowledge out to people that come asking for it. We're the keepers of it. Really. Well, I would suggest that's why the world is the way it is today. You're, you're getting exactly what you created through doing this. This is the big failure in all of the ancient mystery school traditions. What they descended into was ego when they started believing erroneously that they meaning this group of occultists, of people who have hidden knowledge in their possession, are the owners of said knowledge. In, they went into deep ego, seeing themselves as the owner of information. Really, you're the owner of information. And there are sacred people and there are profane people that we could never let have this information because of what they would do with it. This is in and of itself a compartmentalizing and a hierarchy. You're walling people off from each other, but most importantly, you're walling them off from truth, from knowledge of that which is. And you're creating levels or hierarchy or structure within an institution that has now come into being. We're the ones who hold on to this knowledge and we give it out as we see fit to those we deem worthy. Even for such a positive intent as God help us if this were to fall into the wrong hands. Sorry to break the news to you, it doesn't work that way in natural law. Because once you get into the thinking that you own other people, you own the knowledge that other people may get to see and hear, you're acting as the sorcerer. It doesn't make a difference what your intent was. You're acting as the sorcerer. The only way to truly ensure, truly 
ensure that knowledge that had a potentially dangerous application would not fall into the wrong hands, quote-unquote, people who would use it in an irresponsible way. And I'm going to say something that when people originally hear this, they may think, how could that be? Um, I'll, I'll start this again. The only way that you can ensure truly that knowledge that may be, if used in the wrong way, dangerous and could be used in irresponsible ways, the only way you could ensure that knowledge from not falling into the wrong hands is to propagate it as widely and as freely as possible. The only way that you can ever ensure truly that knowledge that you feel might have a dangerous application would not fall into the wrong hands is if you propagate it as widely and as freely as possible because the structure of any institution that is going to use knowledge irresponsibly and dangerously is set up like the control of a sorcerer or the institutions that sorcerers work through. And that structure is always compartmentalized and hierarchical, which means the knowledge in it is not shared widely or freely. It is compartmentalized and it is, it is controlled through hierarchy. What, the way that you ensure that knowledge will not be abused, abused, used improperly, is through what I call the BitTorrent effect. The BitTorrent effect, if people know the program on the Internet, know, on computers, it is a decentralized way of distributing information. It's not based on the old model of you have a central server that everybody connects to to get a file. Well, what happens when the file is a hot file? And, and you have this, this method of I'll put the file on this one server and then I'll open up the doors for anybody that wants to come to get the file. Well, if the file is not really popular, not that many people want it, okay, you'll be able to do that fairly effectively. But what if the file is extraordinarily popular and everybody wants it? Millions of people want it. You know what's going to happen? Your server is going to get hosed. It's going to get, as they say, slash dotted. Okay? Your server isn't going to be able to deal with that kind of bandwidth of millions of people hitting it all simultaneously. So, People have worked around this problem, and they've come up with something known as BitTorrent, where somebody makes an announcement. I have this data. Want it? Sure. One person comes in, 
When they get a little bit of it, then they can give it to others. So everybody becomes both a receiver of that information and a transmitter of that information. And that is how you assure that that one piece of knowledge or data does not fall into the wrong hands or does not become prevented from being propagated and understood by everyone. The BitTorrent effect. Well, this is what we need to be to combat what's going on in the world and to combat specifically mind control. We need to take as much information into us from a wide variety of sources and then re-disseminate that information widely and freely. Open sharing. This is a round table model. This is a the BitTorrent effect model. Not compartmentalized and hierarchical. As I've said on this show, the information I talk about on this show does not belong to me. It isn't mine to hide from anyone. It isn't mine to wall off from other people. The universe is spoken into existence. Share knowledge as widely and freely as possible. That's how you ensure that it doesn't become used as a form of control. You don't have secret society networks and intelligence communities gathering all the important knowledge of the world and keeping it back from other people, which is what we have now. This is the, this is the degradation of original mystery school traditions that felt they had the right to hide knowledge from people. So, the sorcerers of this world operate through occult principles, hidden knowledge. That's the main factor to keep in mind. And it is structured hierarchically and compartmentalized like a step pyramid with the highest concentration of knowledge at the top and then those who are not familiar with the actual agenda of those at the top forming the base of the structure. The more you have, the farther down you go on the, on the pyramidal structure and the less knowledge is contained at that level. I, I want to read a quote by a researcher named Judith Moriarty. She described this hierarchical structure, an occult pyramid, if you will, with the very, very knowledgeable at the top and the ignorant masses forming the base in base consciousness at the bottom. She said that the greatest conspiracies of our world are not actually hidden. They are not actually hidden or occulted. They are just fragmented into different pieces, like a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, right before our eyes in plain sight. Think about that. What prevents us from realizing this structure and 
understanding the hidden knowledge that it works through is mind control. Which the question isn't how many people are under mind control. The real question we need to be asking is how many people are not under mind control. Because there are way, way, way more people in this world who are operating under mind control than whose minds are actually free and clear of externally imposed influences and erroneous belief systems that they are completely attached to. So with that being said, I'm going to take a break from the topic, and I see we have a caller on the switchboard. D. Schuyler, you are on. What on earth is happening? D. Schuyler, are you there? Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Hey. My, my, my name's Devin. And I've been listening for five weeks now from my friend Kevin Tinsoil. Great. Um, you made a comment about teachers earlier, and it just it caught my ear. I was just like, what? And, and then I, I was really, really deep into your, your discussion. Um, you're right. I mean, I believe that there's a greater amount of people under mind control and that, um, I mean, what, what is the opposite of a cult? if it's the people who, who are not, you know? The opposite of occult is not hidden. The opposite of occult is done in the light of day for all to see, not trying to hide anything. Occult simply means hidden from view. Occultists of both, both kinds, positive and negative, there is such a thing as positive occultism in, the, in its intent. See, how it actually works out in the real world, though, is because occultists, in this elitist sense, believe that they have the right to hide knowledge from anyone they deem, since they currently hold it and other people do not hold it, is they are still basically creating a chaotic scenario. Because... This is not in keeping with natural law principles. You don't own the knowledge of the universe. No one does. I don't own this knowledge. No. And there's nothing for sale on my website. Has anyone noticed that? I'm not even trying to hold it back from anybody. I put my videos up on, on, online. Now, I will sell some, some DVDs to, co to cover the cost of, of making them if people want them on DVD. People should. I think they're great to re-listen to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole point of this is the world is not ultimately going to change for the better in a, in a vast, wider sense. Now, listen to exactly what I'm saying here. The world, in a wider sense, is not going to vastly change for the better, okay, until until the occult is no longer the occult. Meaning, we're not going to see lasting positive change until hidden knowledge that has been kept back from people for 
thousands of years is no longer hidden. And it comes forward to the light of day so powerfully such that it becomes common sense. It can be commonly sensed by an average individual. Do you believe that can happen in our lifetime? I, I have a very realistic way of looking at this. We're a long way off from that state. Can it happen? Yes. Are we even close to that? No. I'd be lying if I said yes. <laughs> and not to discourage anybody. Not to discourage anyone. Because when you begin to understand the amount of information that we're talking about and how many different interconnected areas of life that it relates to, yeah. when I look at my information collection, let's call it, my library, if you will. Mm -hmm. I often can't believe how much data I've taken in over the past 17 years of my life. It's almost staggering for me to conceive of. And I'm not saying that to try to, you know, be all, oh, I'm, I'm Mr. Big Shot and, or I'm better yeah, than anybody yeah. else. That's not, in, not at all in the sense I'm, I'm relating that. If, if you look at what I have taken into myself, through an enormous effort and an enormous amount of time, and thank God I'm, I'm gifted with very high ability to recall data. I have very good information retrieval. I wouldn't say that what I have is a photographic memory. It is more like uh, uh, an extremely large hard drive with good, with good uh, yeah. uh, spin speed, okay? Really good capability to retrieve data quickly. So I can recall and remember things that I've read even many, many years ago or, or watched many years ago. Um, and, and there's a big capacity there. Uh, and that's just an, an innate capability. Not everybody is the same when it comes to that. But when, when you start to understand how much interrelated data we're talking about, it can become dawning. And people often say, I don't know where to start. I don't even know where to begin. So... What I've done, this is just as an aside uh, in talking about knowledge in general. Um, I took a friend of mine months back, almost a year ago now, he, he said to me, I see what you've amassed as far as data goes uh, digitally, um, not just in physical books, but digitally having downloaded a, a massive amount of material from the Internet. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I back everything up. You know, I, I have bags and bags of disks, and I back things up off off of the computer so that uh, you know they're, they're not at the uh, the capability of being wiped out by a hard drive failure or, or whatnot. So yeah. uh, my friend my friend asked me if I would put some of the best data that I have amassed on a hard drive for him. So he went to the store and he bought a one terabyte hard drive, a thousand ah, gigabytes. Yeah, the big and, one. And I just said, sure, I'll do it for you, but you're going to have to lend me your hard drive for a, a while because it'll take a while to fill that up. Yeah. And I went through all of my material that I've downloaded over the past 17 years, and it took three months because I put in one disk at a time, and I literally went through every disk that I had. And I said, 
is this something really good for them to check out, or is it just so-so? Is it quality material? Is it quality information? And I put it, I would load that on the drive. Every, every day, a little at a time, over three months, whenever I had spare time, until I went through my data collection, my digital collection at least, and I filled to, to the capacity a one terabyte hard drive with books, with audio books, with lectures, with podcasts, with um, videos, you name it. If it's of importance to, the, to the, the events that are taking place on Earth, it's on this drive. And I make that available completely for free. To anybody that wants it, you get in touch with me, you send me a drive, I'll get it out there. Uh, I'll fill it up and get it back to you. It's I don't, just I like your radio anything. show. Right. Just like your it's, radio it's show, you have it right there. Be- you bring right. what you have. Knowledge doesn't belong to me. Yes. Well, it's all of ours. So that's, that's the importance of understanding what the occult is. It's hidden knowledge. It has been hidden from the human race for thousands of years, and ultimately what it is is knowledge of self. That's the bottom line about all of this. It is knowledge about how we work and operate, and it is knowledge about how our consciousness expresses itself in this construct that we call physical reality to have experience here. And sadly, that's what occultists throughout time have attempted to hide from other people, whether they're positive intention for to say there are some dangers in how this works, so I have to be the steward or the caretaker of it to make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, or for extremely negative and malicious intentions to control other people externally. What about teachers? And yes, I'm sorry. Teachers? I I just finished college after six and a half years, and I became a teacher. And I was caught by your teacher comment. Um, I'll try and say this real quick. Because I feel like that there's a new era of teachers coming out that are bringing multiple resources to the classroom that are going beyond that curriculum that the upper, you know, the magicians are bringing to us. Um, it's, it's in Philadelphia. And I want to kind of, like, um, that's, that's a lot of schools. But I want to get into it because, I think that this new era of teachers that, that's moving forward could change that for us. Now, are you talking about teachers in the wider sense of just knowledge in general of the world? Or are you talking about teachers working in the, the school systems, the actual uh, education systems? I really feel, I mean, and it's biased because of where I got my education, which was two different schools. But I really feel that teachers are getting... Um, more more education about how to modify curriculum so that it meets the needs of their students so that uh, the students are interested you know they don't they don't want to learn one story they want to learn all the different stories um, how can I say I would hope more I would hope more teachers I would hope more teachers would start thinking outside of the box of what they're asked simply to propagate down to their students and, uh, and would try to come up with some kind of creative ways of reaching them at different levels, particularly in the creative sense and in the, in the creative thinking sense, in, in, in critical thinking skills and capabilities, uh, and 
teaching them to question. You know, the, the educational model in this country is, has largely been diverted to outcome-based education, which is basically preparing the student to be a, a, a uh, un, unquestioning worker. Yeah. I don't, don't want to do that for my students. Right. I mean, I want no, that for them, but I want more for them. Yeah, um, like teachers are constrained in a lot of ways in the modern educational system. If they start oh, going outside the box, people will crack down on them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You are, you know, you're watched by that eye, you know, far on. <laughs> it's there. Um, I guess I just feel that the recent, maybe in the last, I mean, because I did go to college for a long time to get a bachelor's degree, so I've seen the education programs that right. that. They, they're modifying them so that teachers are teaching student-centered instead of based on these, you know, these print-out curriculums that we get, you know. I'm, I'm not going to say any of the big names, but I could list ten of them, you know, that you're supposed to read and you teach this and that's it. And, um, you know, really boring for the children. Um, I, think, I think education in college is going beyond that to show um, professional teachers in any field, right? How to do something? I different. think part of the solution is that we have to look at education as something that simply doesn't happen exclusively within school systems. We parents not. need to become the main educators of, of yes. children and and get this information into them if they're even going to send them to a government school, which I don't really see as a, a, a positive thing to begin with. I think more people should begin to choose homeschooling so that they do have a modicum of control over what reaches their children's ears, at least in addition to the curriculum that is, is mandated by the current control system. I've seen very successful homeschooling, and I, it, I, I think that education also does reach out to, to tell people that um, you know, parents really need to become more of a part of this because there are so many sure. that won't be. And, and I, you know, there's reasons I, I, I really dislike the whole district system. And, you know, there's charter schools and there's all different kinds of schools. But it all boils down to the same thing, which is exactly what you just said. It's, it's a system that's run. Right. <laughs> and I just graduated, yeah, so where am I supposed to go now, right? Well, I, you know, I think that um, basically, again, the, the, these root um, understandings of the aspects of who we are, that if more parents understood that, if, if older people that were going to make the decision to have a child understood that, their children would be in a lot better of a position and would, would under, have a little bit more self-knowledge of who they are and how they work. You know, we're not even taught about consciousness at all in, in, in any schools, pretty much. We're not taught how many children learn the components of the brain and how the brain functions. How many people look at, look at dynamics, energy dynamics around them as far as polarities within, within the emotions. We don't teach no. kids about how emotions work, not, not, nothing of the kind, you know. It's all rigid facts, left brain thinking, you know, linear time. Be more about what they want to know. It should be more about what they want to know. Left brain, all left brain. We need to connect. Education needs to become holistic such that we connect with the creative 
and intuitive right brain functions. And then people will have more imagination and more inquisitiveness because these are right brain functions largely. You know, so uh, that, that's another thing. Our education system is so left brain in, 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 in how it is structured and it really does not emphasize the arts. It does not emphasize uh, ethical considerations. It's just all fact-based learning. And now it's even gone beyond that in a, in a detrimental direction and it has become largely outcome-based, which is a Soviet model. It's a Soviet Union model of education, outcome-based education. Look up that term and read about it. And this, this is being implemented in schools all across the country. And it's a dangerous trend. So, um, Product versus process. Well, I, I want to thank you for your call and bringing that uh, to our listeners' attention and, and um, for listening in. I, I hope you'll continue to listen in and feel free to call back Always. anytime. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. You take care. All right. The, the educational system is a big part of the structure, as I uh, mentioned earlier in the show. And we looked at that when we talked about um, the barriers to self-realization, one of which was the prism of the left brain. And as I just said, the, the, the current model of education being taught in the United States and in most Western countries is almost purely geared toward the left brain. Uh, and when that happens, the individual becomes more drone-like, more willing to accept, less willing to question, less willing to get in touch with their in intuition. And most of all, it begins to shut down the most critical factor that I began this discussion with, the human imagination. Because once that aspect of the self begins to become shut down, the being can basically be controlled through manipulation and fear. Imagination is one of the key elements that a sorcerer has to try to wipe out to gain control over an individual. A sorcerer wants people thinking one thing above all else. It has always been this way. It is this way now, and it will always be this way. Not to imagine any way out. Because if you can't even imagine a state where things, a state of being where things are different than they are now, how would you ever work toward the goal of creating that condition in the manifested reality that you live in? You would not be able to. I joke around and I say one of the phrases that I want put on my headstone where I'm buried is mind control is the extermination of the imagination because there is no clearer or simpler definition for mind control. So I think we've done a very decent job today. Uh, the callers all, all were fantastic today. I encourage people to call in more and whenever you feel like it. Uh, I like taking calls. I think it's a, creates a, a good rapport with the audience and I think everybody that's called into the show has had great things and interesting things to say. So I'd like to encourage that to continue. Um, anyone that has any uh, potential guests for the topic of mind control, please email them to me. 
And I think we've done a decent job covering the structure of hierarchy and how the occult basically works through hidden knowledge. Next week, we will go in-depth into some mind control methodologies and techniques. So that's all the time we have for this show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you here next week, Tuesday at 8 p.m. I'm Mark Passio. This has been What on Earth is Happening. Good night, everyone.